Pickaxe. Hello and welcome to your <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yes, yes, this is Yom- Yompa. This is uh, Ye Old Movie Podcast. It's an acronym. Do you get it now? Y-O-M-P. We like to discuss movies that we randomly select from a, a collection of curated lists that the three hosts of this podcast make. I am host number one. Number one. I am Simon the Honeydew Man, Diggy Hole Lane. And with me is the ever-fragrant... Number two. Number two, <laughs> G-Star Games. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Yompa. And with me is... Number three? I don't know. One plus two? That's a sex piss. That's oh, the number three. Is it? Really? Number one is a piss. A number two is a poo. A number three is a sex piss. But you why? Ah, okay. Did you not learn that in school, Simon? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sophie. Hello, it's me, Sophie. I'm I'm calm, apparently. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we're all calm, really, aren't we? We're just evolved. When it, yeah, when it comes down to it, we're just sort of like... Um, cum that's been left around for a bit too long. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Too long. Uh, too long. Oh. Also, uh, some people call me Skipper. Um, um and yeah. and um, uh, hmm. The and nose- G, what's your? Uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bingo because no, uh, I go in the bin. Yay! <laughs> Sophie's got an, an old nickname. It's, it's back. We're bringing it back. Bingo is back, baby. Bingo's <laughs> back. She's better than ever. Now she wants it's like, revenge. It's like the tagline of a movie. What movie could possibly be relevant for anything anymore? Uh, I think Bingo Equilibrium. to the streets. <laughs> what if Bingo's the name of the dog? Oh my god, the dog! The dog! Yeah. I love that dog is the actually dog. called Bingo. Bingo is back. Equilibrium 2. I love, I love Bingo. The We're going to call him Bingo. Yeah. Because he's just. He's, oh he's Bingo god. now. <laughs> he, he, cool. he goes in the bin. Because he goes in the boot of the car. Oh my god. <laughs> so it should be. Bootgo. Bootgo. <laughs> I love you, Bootgo. I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw a trivia about the dog. Oh, yeah, I've got it written down. Nice. Don't worry. Okay, good. I'm on top of things as usual. Yeah, you are. Man with a yeah. plan. I'm the opposite. Exactly, but that's why we're all here to support each other. Right. Yes. Yeah. This is how it works. It's a. It's an operation. So, last week we rolled some dice, and the dice told us that we had to watch Simon's pick, Equilibrium, with that man, Christian Bale, and another couple of guys in it. <laughs> and you were doing so well! You were doing so well! There was a couple of guys that 
Honestly, Sean I, Bean. Yeah, I didn't Sean realize it, I didn't realize it was Sean Bean. What for ages? Oh my god! Oh, the face it turns blindness. out I've got really fucking bad face blinders because I watched two films recently and didn't realize that the two main characters were the two main characters of another, the same film that I watched earlier until I looked at it. What? This is insane. I mean, he wasn't around for long, so I can't say I blame you too yeah. much. In the Sean Bean tradition, he gets killed off early. Yeah, we'll get to that. But Jesus H. Christ. What is... Yeah. yeah. But yes. Simon, why did you pick this movie? I I consider this to be a very fun action movie mm-hmm. that is very cool. With lots of cool action and guns and good outfits and Christian Bale being cool and, and like really good at like martial arts with guns um if you like the matrix yep but you but you thought the plot was too complicated <laughs> equilibrium is the film for you that is very <laughs> that's that's a good point that's very well said to be honest yeah them and their yeah. gun quando yeah gun katar gun katar Oh, is that what it was called? Okay. Yeah, like the stuff you... <coughs> Qatar. Like the country, uh-huh. Qatar. Right. No, yeah. no. Like the stuff in your throat, Qatar. Oh, okay. What's gym Qatar? Yeah. Is that when you go to the gym and then you get really phlegmy because you're breathing too hard? No, that's when you, you go to a village that's filled with people that want to kill you. Right. And you just do, like, gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a film. Gee, that's a film. Right. Right, so, <clears throat> yes, Equilibrium. I thought this would be a nice, fun watch. Um, and you always we'll go for the light-hearted if... stuff, don't you, Simon? I, ch- I try to. So, uh, light-hearted, yes. Wasn't so everyone in the future lives in a fascist society. <laughs> yeah, like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where puppies are outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> dogs get like you know put in front of a firing squad. Yeah, nice and light. Yeah, dogs do get shot they, in this film. They yeah. do quite a few. You don't get oh to see God. them being shot though. No, you get to look at Christian Bale's sad face and um, the dogs going. Oh God! Yeah, but to be to be honest, I like to. I have my own head cannon for this bit. Really. Okay. Yeah. Oh, will you let us know when we get there? Yeah. Can you remember? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are you sure yeah. you can remember? Yeah. All right. Okay. So, it's the near future. There's been World War Three. That's happened. And the, the survivors have built a new society, and they realized that the cause of World War Three was out-of-control emotions. So now we have... Um, a society, it's called Lib- Libria, Libria, and... Liberia. They, yeah, and they have a a bunch of these badass motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Whores. <laughs> I just can't pronounce anything today. What the fuck? The Grammaton Clerics, they're called. Yeah. They're basically, if you've seen um, 2000 AD, they're the judges, basically. Um, and they seek out and eradicate the true source of man's inhumanity to man, 
is ability to feel. Um, so emotions is bad. Yeah. Um, basically, there's there's a bunch of people there. There's like lower ranking soldiers that are called sweepers, which are like the firemen from Fahrenheit four five one. Um, they go out and they they destroy things because things can cause emotion. If you haven't seen um, the movie and you'd like to, please pause the podcast now and go and watch the movie. As soon as you finish watching cool. the movie, then you can press play. Welcome back. Now press play. Welcome back. Now press play. That doesn't work, does it? Because it would be paused. Yeah. They wouldn't hear me. <laughs> Thank you for unpausing. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you for coming. Um, So there are these badass clerics that have their own unique martial art. Gun Katar. Katar. It's Kung Fu with guns. Gun Kwong Do, as I like to call it. Yeah. So. Kung Gun. Gun Gun Kwong. Gun Gun Fu is so much better. Better. I should have written this. Just like kung fu, You're but right. with guns, gung fu. I was yeah. so tired last night because I was like, okay, this is pretty much like the Matrix. What is he? Sa- What's the iconic line? Uh, and I couldn't think of it for some reason. And then I was just like, oh, fuck. it's just gun quando. I'll call it gun quando. But he says, I know martial arts now. Is it martial arts? No, I know kung fu. Whoa, no. I know kung fu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, like I know kung fu now. Oh my I'm god. Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Whoa. But instead of Keanu Reeves as Neo, we got Christian Bale as, as Neo. John, as John, John Preston. Preston, Preston yeah. Garvey. He is very much uh in the styled in the fashion of Neo. Like they had a mold of Neo, and then they just squeezed Christian Bale into that mold. The um the budget was spent mostly on long leather coats. <laughs> <laughs> And motorcycle helmets. It was fantastic. They were just like, yeah, okay, what are we going to do? But they were like, we can save some money if we only have like a few people on screen all at once and then just keep swapping the coats. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. You've got to cut cut corners when you can. Well, they're not using any colours, so, you know... Well, I, I did not. Colors make you feel things. Colors so make has you to feel things. Colors, 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 <laughs> colors. As the film goes on, though, did you notice that the color returned to the film? Mm. It was very clever. Did that and there's that. more. The, it becomes more violent with more blood spilled and, it, yep. and such as well. Yep. There's actual blood. There's not just like. Dead people. Yeah, flashbang. Yeah. Like the so it's actually a very clever film. Uh, that's what you're saying, yeah, right? Yeah, actually. Right. So starting out, I was thinking, oh my God, it's just people getting shot a lot. Yeah. And then Christian Bale mm. and a guy are looming a lot. They're just kind of standing there looking really like stoic. Yeah. And then he slides into a door and shoots more people lots with a strobe light. Yeah. There's so much shooting at the start of it. I was like, Fuck's sake. What is going so, on? We have our two clerics that arrive on the scene. The the sweepers, which are the, the guys in black with the motorcycle helmets. They've got this um, group of sense offenders. They're not called sex offenders. Okay. They're called sense offenders. Okay, so because I couldn't get the subtitles to work for this film, every oh time God. they said it... I swear no. to God, I no. thought they were saying sex offender. Oh, Jeez, my God. Did you I not 
figure this out in context as well. I was like, uh, they can't be saying sex offender, right? But it- I cannot. I just cannot with you. <laughs> it sounded like sex what offender. The fuck. It, yeah, it's supposed to. It's supposed to. Okay. It's about. It's like the same caliber of um, badness to them. I think. Uh, okay. In this society, in this yes. society, if you feel happiness, you may as well have fondled someone under the age. <laughs> well, it's, oh my god! <laughs> well, it's because they, in the same breath, they said they're a sense offender and he fornicated with a female, and I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe they're not the same thing. Like, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, so right back on track. So the sweepers, they're, they're just the random soldiers, faceless guys, they've got the sense offenders, they're in this room, and our badass clerics appear on the scene. We've got John Preston, Christian Bale, and we've got Errol Partridge, who's played by Sean Bean. Oh, I didn't realise it was Sean Bean for the longest yeah. fucking time, until he actually said something. I was like, oh, that's Sean Bean! <laughs> Amazing. It's only time a man can be brave. <laughs> <laughs> when he's having a cup of Yorkshire gold. Mm, delicious. So, obviously, you think, okay, how are they going to handle this situation? Well, Christian Bale runs at the door, breaks it down with his foot, and then he just stands there in the dark because they shoot the lights out. No, I found and this... He stood there. Sorry, I found this scene very cool because they... Not only did he burst through the door, the sweep squad had their guns pointed at all the hinges and all the, you know, like, the parts of the door that, like, obviously have it in the frame. So they shoot it as he's bursting through, right? So he slides yeah. on it. I thought that was so... Like a surfboard. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so epic, so cool, I thought very that clever. was so cringe and cheese. <laughs> no! Sophie, I, come Listen, on. right, okay, listen. I At this point, and there was so much bad CGI... There was, like yeah. horrific CGI. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know and I was, I was thinking, oh my fucking God, what is this? And then I was like... Lighten up, you bitch. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, there was, it was like Simon was sitting on my shoulder going, Lighten up, you fucking bitch. <laughs> and I was like, Right, I'm just going to roll with it. We're just going to go. We're just going to go with it. But I did think That's at that good. point, this is very, very lame. And I don't, I didn't really like The Matrix. So. Oh, okay. But I, I haven't seen it since I was about 14. So it, it could have changed. My opinion could have changed. I, I, okay. You probably hate it even more now. Like, I probably would. Yeah. I watched it with my first boyfriend. And, um, oh, God. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't know what was going on with either of the things that was happening at that time in my life. It was just so confusing. Fair he enough. He was really into it. He actually wanted me, me and everyone else to call him Neo. Oh my fucking oh, Jesus god! Christ. Two of my boyfriends in uh, my teens had the long leather coat. <laughs> this explains so this much ex- about yeah, you. Though. This ex- I mean, this explains why I have such a hatred of the Matrix as well. I thought you were going to say of men. I was like, of men oh my and god. men. <laughs> so Christian Bale slides into this room. It's pitch black, and he stands there for twenty seconds. Doing nothing. People yeah. are like whispering around him. What, what's going on? Where is he? What is he? And then he just suddenly opens fire, and his arms go whoop 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 when he moves them. I laugh my ass whoop, off. Whoop. <laughs> like he's making these quick movements. 
he shoots everyone fucking dead. Yeah. But yeah, the fucking whoop, 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 it's so <laughs> comical and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. They're not superhuman, so how are they doing this? He's so well trained. He's so good at doing what he does. He's like he's moving so fast that the air is making that noise as his arms move. It just looks like it's snapping into place. Like there's no A to B. It's like there's no there's no space in between A to B. It's just A to B. And his arms are like ninety degrees, one hundred and eighty. It's like how what where his wh- arms teleport into place. Yeah, like they're just instantly in a different position. Yeah, I'm real yeah. fast arms, aren't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you get that effect because there's the the flashes from the gun. It that makes it look like they're just instantly moving. Maybe. But yeah, oh my god, isn't he f- fucking cool? Isn't he cool? Such a badass. Um, and then they discover under the floorboards uh, the Mona Lisa. Yeah, so he could. I thought. I thought. Oh, they found a nice rug. It could sense that he was like, look at that. That's a nice bloody rug. We could have that. But then apparently he could sense that there was the Mona Lisa mm. under the floorboards. He could feel the art. <gasps> but he but feeling not is... allowed. Yeah, that's oh, not allowed. Shit. Well, the, uh, the thing is with Preston, he, he, could, he can get into the, the minds of the, the resistance people and think how they think. Oh, so yeah. he knew that they would be a trapdoor under that rug. He's so even, like, why is there a rug there? He's like uh, one of the best. He's one of the best clerics, is what we we come to learn. He's like yes. the best of the best. He's so fucking good at his job because he has no feelings and he can feel what everybody else is. He can think about what everyone else is feeling. Goes like, yeah, just execute people without even giving a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, they they scan to determine that it is the real Mona Lisa with a magic device, and then they set fire to it with flamethrowers. Yeah. Uh, so that's gone now. The Mona Lisa's been destroyed. Good riddance. And on the on the car journey home, um, Preston notices that Partridge, this is Sean Bean, is he's got a little a book of poetry in his pocket. And he says, "What are you, you going? What are you doing with that?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to take it to evidence myself because they, you know, they never do it right." And um, hmm, it's 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 a book of poetry by W. H. Yeats. Yeats. And um, Yeats. There did is you, a theme. Yeah. But. Did you notice throughout this? I, I mean, the he, Partridge was giving was giving Preston some fucking weird looks the whole time, and I was thinking he looked sus. Mm, what's going on he? here with that? Um, such a badass though. I I love Sean Bean. <laughs> they they drive in to the city, um, of Liberia. Forgotten what it's called, Libria. The city is also the Libra. country. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how it works. But oh, the, yeah. there's the outside, of, yeah, yeah, which is called the Nether. Sure. Yeah, and that's where they've not come like Minecraft. From. That's where they've yeah. come from, and um. It's like, oh, he says something like, returning to the city really makes you realise why we're doing this. And, he, and Sean Bean's like, it does? does it? Yeah. And then he injects himself with something after P- yeah. Preston says, what? And goes, it does. It does, yes. I'm agreeing with their, you. Their alarms go off on their watches, and that means that it's time for them to take their drugs. Yes. Um, They're happy so time. It's prosy. Oh, and also there are airships. In this place, but we never see them again. We only see them once in this scene, I think. Mm. Um, um, human emotion is the disease, and prosium gets rid of it, much like Prozac 
numbs oh, everything that you're feeling. And Valium. Uh, mm. They go to a drive-in movie, and it's like there's hit. There's, it's not Hitler, but it's um. Wasn't it Hitler? It's Daddy. It might have been Hitler. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there was, was there was Stalin. a brief flash of Hitler. Yeah, when they were talking about war is bad. Yeah, and that's why we all have this drug yeah. to yeah. stop us from wanting to make war. Because I honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I go through this thing where I constantly, like, sometimes I just can't stop thinking about like going to war. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you know, with the Roman Empire. Apparently, they think about it a lot. Yeah, every month I just suddenly want to go to war. Oh, (laughs) when it's that time of the month, yeah. Why didn't they eradicate women? Women are the most emotional. You know, hysterical. It would just be a utopian society. G Star Games. Why didn't they just eradicate women? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're the most emotional. There's no need for it to be a fascist society. There's no need for everyone to have their emotions controlled by a drug. It would just be just a beautiful <laughs> utopian society. It's, not, it's that meme. If women were yeah, erotic. Like <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so showing this footage of Hitler on the big screens is apparently its father, who I'm going to be calling Daddy. Yeah, now. I call him Daddy at some point as well in yeah. my notes. This is Sean Pertwee, a different Sean. Um, And he's congratulating the people for embracing this cure for their bad feelings, this this drug called Prosium. And um, they they also have these flags that look a little bit like a Nazi flag. It does. There's like a knot swastika on it. And they're red, aren't they? Are they red? It's a red field with a white circle. Yes. Mm. And then the black emblem. Black emblem. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's it's the Nazi flag. Yeah. Woo. Uh we mm-hmm. meet we meet the Vice Council Dupont, um, Dupont of the third conciliary of the Tetragrammaton. What? Now, Tetragrammaton is interesting because that's the how often like uh, Jewish people in particular will write the name of God by using four letters for Yahweh yeah. without the vowels. So, but there's no explanation for why this, why it's called the Tetragrammaton in this. Like, it doesn't make sense. Nothing um, really makes sense. There, yeah, there's a lot of like, there's stuff that does make sense and then there's stuff that just doesn't. There's some stuff right. that I think they just put in to make it sound really cool. Yeah. 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 I think that might be it. So Dupont is an important man. He is Daddy's voice. He speaks on behalf of Daddy. And um he's pretty much in charge, apart from Daddy himself. And he knows all all about Preston's special ability to instinctively know when someone's has feels. And he then calls out Preston for not knowing that his own wife was a sense offender. Four years ago, it was discovered that she had feels, and then she was incinerated. And Dupont asks Preston how he felt about that. And Preston kind of makes a slight bit of a face, but then he he says he felt nothing. He's like, I don't understand why you're asking me that question sort of thing. Yeah. But he doesn't look upset. No. Um, so I think he was being tested there. Of course. Preston watches back the footage of himself and Partridge in the car. 
because he finds it a bit sus. And then he heads to evidence to see if Partridge had actually turned in the book. And he hasn't. Uh, Partridge Uh-oh. hasn't actually turned in any evidence in weeks. Um, right, well. Turns out Partridge has been going out into the nether like every day, well, every night, I should say, for the last two weeks, um, doing things. And um, Preston goes out and manages to just find him immediately, which I'm not quite sure how he knew he was like in this church. Well, there's something even weirder than that. Like after what is it, G Star Games? <laughs> well, it's the fact that his. I mean, I'm skipping ahead here, but his new partner shows up at the door as it happens, and I'm like, uh, yeah, what? Yeah, how? He was just on standby, ready to go. Literally, I was like, what? What did you? What the fuck did you come from? <laughs> the body's barely cold. <laughs> it's not cold at all. No. Um... So Preston confronts Partridge, who's reading the book of poetry in this church. And Partridge knows that the game is up. That he's fucked. But he does sort of say some words to Preston and basically says, feeling things is good, actually. Um, and then he kind of quotes Yates saying about, you know, the treading on dreams uh, line. Um, and then he reaches for, a gu- for his gun and Preston shoots him through the book. He says, don't do and it. Don't do it. Don't you fucking do it. Don't, don't make me do do And yeah, he just shoots him in the face. What, yeah. But yeah, what is this running thing that J- Sean Bean dies all the time? If, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, he's going to die. <laughs> he he's requests gonna, He's going to die. He requests it in his contract. He's like, could you kill me off so I don't have to work so much? Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. I think he likes being in movies, but he doesn't like working, working. for like months at a time. <laughs> so he likes showing up, doing like a couple of weeks' work, and then that's it. He's done. He's out. What a Chad, honestly. Yeah. And then he goes and he like sits in the in a beer garden of a pub in Sheffield. He gets wasted. Yeah, that's what he used to do. Mm. Um. Mm. So. Yeah, we immediately um, we see the replacement of Partridge um, just walk straight in, like the second Preston's body falls to the ground. Yep. We see the new partner. Um, we don't know his name yet, though. Uh, Preston heads home, and he sees his son, Robbie, watching uh, Daddy on the massive, massive TV, and he's a bit too close to it as well. That's no good for his eyes. He calls his dad John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I put Giga Chad Society calls his dad John. <laughs> because I guess it's it's distancing that sort of relationship of calling yeah. someone Papa, Papa. You know? Papa. And he, he mentions that he caught his friend crying should he report him. And is and Preston's like, Well, yeah. Duh. Preston says unquestionably. <laughs> so yeah, Robbie is gonna be snitching on his, his friend who was crying. And That's, these kids are like eight. They're like robots. They're very little kids, and the fact that you know, crying is such a bad, bad thing. Yeah, these Any, kids are like, yeah, hmm. fuck out, yeah. No, I get it. It's like no crying, no nothing outside of like as the movie goes along, you'll see just how like within the lines everyone acts and behaves. Even to how a desk has items on it, it has to be in a certain yeah. way. 
And, you know, yeah. God forbid you take one step too quickly or you put your hand on a railing, you know, any anything like that outside of how people are supposed to be behaving, supposed to be, be behaving, it's it's a red flag. As soon as you step outside mm. of that, immediate red flag and you got to report it. It's, Individuality. It's a red flag. With yeah. a white circle <laughs> <laughs> and a suspicious little uh, four-edged symbol yeah. in there. <laughs> uh, Preston goes to bed and he has a dream about his wife, uh, who is apparently played by an actress with the surname Calzone. Yes! unless it's the other actress who played the same character. Oh my god! But- <laughs> <laughs> I looked that up too. <laughs> Very strange. There's a ver- it's a very strange thing. Um, I what? may as well talk about it now. May as well talk about Please it now. Please do, because I, I, me with my face blindness has no right. fucking clue Don't what was worry. going on. Okay. So, yeah. two different actresses played Preston's wife. Right. Um, the, the footage where she's condemned to be executed was filmed first, and that was Alexa Summer. But then, when they needed to film the scene when she was arrested... Uh, she could not be found. <laughs> what? Which is an interesting way of putting it. You know what's you know what's fucked up? I I clicked on her name in IMDb. She's only credited. Yeah. In equilibrium. No other credits. What the fuck? I think she fucking died. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm crying. So yeah, Calzoni had to take her place. So as a result, there's two separate credits. Uh, Summer is credited as Viviana Preston and Calzoni is credited as Preston's wife. I see. Even though it's the same character. Yeah. How fucking weird. But I guess these things happen. The only reason why I looked this up, because she looks familiar. The Calzone woman looks familiar. Mm. She almost kind of, she looked like a blend of Rhea Seahorn and the woman from X-Men, the one that plays Rogue. So she looked Rare like a comp- Seahorn. Right. I think that's I her know. name. What is that name? I thought you were I thought you were like I thought Seahorn was a kind of seaweed and, and it was like it's rare. And I was like, well, why would this woman look like a fucking plant? Okay, hold her name is spelled Raya. Raya. Oh, right. Is it R H E A? Oh, Rhea. I would R-H- pronounce that as Rhea. Rhea Rhea. Right. Oh, like diarrhea. Like diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's the woman in Better Call Saul. Uh, she plays oh, she plays Skylar. No, Kim Wexler. The the oh. better, <laughs> anyway, she looked like a combination of those two people, and I was like, oh, she looks familiar. So I went into you know IMDb, and then I'm like, what the fuck? Her name is Maria Pia Calzone, and then it's like, no, actually, she's <laughs> Maria Alexa. Pia, Bia, Bia, Fia, Fia. Calzone. Oh, oh my Christ. god. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Preston's having this dream. He dreams about his wife um, getting arrested. And Preston defends her by doing some gun guitar. We see it for the first time where he's, like, grabbing their wrists and knocking their guns about. And it looks cool as fuck. But the soldiers say that it's, like, official business and she is a sense offender. And she's escorted away and her last words are, Remember me! Which is kind of sad. Yeah. So that's a nice dream to have. He wakes up. He's about to take his morning dose of prosium when he knocks the vial to the ground and it shatters. Oh, no. And 
Then his weird robot snitcher son walks in and's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you have to go to Equilibrium, lock the loss, and get a replacement vial." And I was, uh, I wanted to and punt then, uh, his child. It was so uncharacteristic bad. of him to break his dosage um, because he never normally puts it there. He does. He's done something in a different order. Yeah, and which is why he knocked it down. And he was like, "That's not like me." Yeah, yeah he's like, "I usually." Um, uh, brush my teeth and then do it or some shit like that yeah and then he's like i think at the at the breakfast table he's like oh i hope you don't mind i took the liberty of till i was just like shut up you little shit Go <laughs> and then he your head the little the shit tells off his sister for playing with her cereal yeah yeah. yeah yeah but i was thinking that he's expressing annoyance which might be a, an emotion yeah, I don't know. I, guess, I don't know um, what the rules are. I wrote down, because he has a heartwarming People are just openly convers- smiling, yeah. right, in this film. I, I wrote down, he has a heartwarming conversation with his son. And I can't, I mean, it, I think it was just about that. It's very that heartwarming. Was, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Really so moving. <laughs> I cried. So Preston heads to the local equilibrium site, but it's been closed due to terrorist activity. Um, Apparently there's a, b- a bunch of resistance people that sometimes cause mischief, bomb things. So the site's closed. But it's just one dose. What difference could it possibly make? <laughs> his new partner, who's called Brandt, uh, picks him up in his lovely shiny car. And they head to a sense offender's apartment to conduct a raid. Uh, we discover it's a lady, a red a red-headed lady. Um, she was in... I, now, listen, I don't have face blindness with her because she is strikingly different looking. She is yeah. the lady from Red Dragon. She's just got them big eyes. Red really? Dragon? She's is a blind, actually her? Blind lady. The blind... Oh, my fucking God. Um, I only it's have very Emily Watson. Yeah, I only have very specific face blindness. If you look, like, really striking and i go wow that's a nice feature or wow that's yeah. interesting then i will remember it mm. so big big eyes lady doll face um i think oh yeah i remember her doesn't also, have big seen... eyes does she she's got big blue eyes oh. she's got a lovely mirror in her apartment with like a gold fancy frame and preston grabs her spins her around and makes her face the mirror and he's like, look at you, look at you. And then oh, something like happens to him. Oh, And he says, look, look at you. Oh, and it's like, <laughs> there's just like a glimmer of something within him. Something, maybe a feel. He yeah. sort of gets less, his violence sort of fades away yeah. slightly. Well, yeah, because he's is like side-eyeing him. <laughs> he's like, huh? <laughs> well, I think it was more, it was that, but also how he's saying, look at you, look at you. He's talking to himself in a way. He's like, look at look at you. Look oh, at what you're yeah. look at what you're doing. Wow. I know. Yeah. It's very deep. Uh they tear down a wall and they discover a room filled with old junk. It looks like Booth's bedroom. I was gonna um, say, look, look their her room is illegally <laughs> interesting. I'm pretty sure I wrote that in my notes. It, I don't remember whose space it was. I don't know if it was that one or the one that they find later. And I said, this looks like a, this like a booth room. It's Very... absolutely a booth room. It's cluttered. It's full of stuff that you want to look at. Yeah, very, very eccentric, interesting items everywhere. 
I love houses that are like that. Yeah. Houses that are very, very lived in and houses yes. I I told myself because I used to love going around people's houses that they had all these trinkets and stuff in that I'd just be so interested in as a kid. And oh I was like, God. just going around old ladies' houses. Yeah. I loved just it. Fiddling with their ornaments. I, I always did that. So when I was young, there was one of the neighbors and I used to go around and there was this brass camel figure and I would I would just touch it and play with it all the time and she gave me it when I was about two or three and I've Aww. still got it. Um, That's so and things cute. like and I, I just told myself I want to be one of those people where you go in and you go, wow, like there's so much stuff to look at. So basically you I'm a hoarder. I'm yeah. I'm laughing in my head because I'm like Booth was looked at an older you know lady and was like I want to be like her when I grow older. I do <laughs> I love it. It's so good. And it, it's like I have really good memories of going around like my auntie's house and just messing with stuff, just playing with everything and going, wow. It's like it's like it's like bloody caves of wondered. Like, yeah, so for good. sure. Very, very interesting items, because I guess back then it wasn't so much you could order stuff online. You would have. It's, they didn't it's, have Funko Pops. Back no. Then. You, any, oh my god! Is a Funko Pops a modern version of like those ornaments? Maybe. But, oh, that's I disgusting. Hate that. But I think what makes like what Booth is saying special is because you couldn't really get stuff ordered online. You know, it'd yeah, be all a case had a of, story behind it. Yeah, you, it would have to be something that you or someone else that you know went on holiday somewhere, or you went somewhere physically and you got this item. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's just like you can get anything in the click of a finger yeah, you, and you just buy tats off of Amazon and fill your house with plastic shit. Yeah. So the, I yeah. there was one of my neighbors that died and I went, <laughs> I went around her house because her family said her family said oh you can have whatever you want from there and I went in and one of the things I took was a picture of her uh it Stop. was a photograph of her dog. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh I think god. it was. It was it, what was it called? It had a really stupid name. Like, it was something like what Tiffany. Is this story. <laughs> what <is> Tiffany? <laughs> she loved that dog so much, and it had been dead fuck? for like forty years. And oh my god! I took that, and I took a table. <laughs> I, I love to like people's photographs. I will take and I'll keep them if they don't want them anymore. Oh, oh my god! He went to a Dead lady's house <laughs> took a picture of a forty years dead dog <laughs> and a table. <laughs> what the fuck? This is the greatest Ugh. story you've ever told. I've got and so how many... did that make you feel? Um, I really loved it. I loved yeah. it. I, I, I have try feelings about it. Try to remember the name of the dog. If I'll you try can. and remember the name of that dog. Tiffany. <laughs> It, the, the woman's name was Gladys, and she was absolutely oh, batshit insane. God. She kept accusing everybody was. of um, going around and stealing her tights off the washing line. <laughs> Stop stealing my bloody tights, you sense offender! <laughs> you sense offender, get off. Oh, my mum used oh to make God. me go next door and visit the old lady. Her name was Beryl. <laughs> oh, Beryl. <laughs> Beryl, very Australian. Beryl and Gladys. <laughs> Beryl I and love Gladys. old lady names. Aren't they good? They are. They're fantastic. You won't find anyone called Beryl today or fucking Gladys. I know, yeah. it's sad. They're all dead. They're all dead, <laughs> dead. that's why. 
Yeah, yeah, she used to make me go around and like go and visit her and take like, you know, like biscuits and stuff for Easter. I I mean I was young, so I kinda hated it, but in retrospect it's kinda sweet. It was like going around to my my great grandma's house and she would have those nesting tables and me and Rosie would sit on the little ones and have the middle one as like a table and she'd give us shot glasses full of lemonade and oh, ginger biscuits. Oh my God. And we would look at all the stuff in our house there as well. And it smelled like peonies, which is much nicer than the normal piss of a nursing home. I was going to say, you started saying pee. I was like, oh. Yeah. And it smelled like pee. It smelled like pee. Oh, so, um, yeah, there's this hidden secret room in this lady's apartment filled with all this wonderful junk. Um, and we get a lovely split diopter shot. There's a few of those in the film. Mm. Um, what is that? Can you explain? It's when uh, a subject in the foreground is in focus and a subject that's in the background is also in focus in the same shot. Ooh. So there's two lenses. Um, yeah. Um, the lady sadly asks, you know, you're going to burn it, aren't you? And she goes to grab a gun of the soldier next to her, sorry, the sweeper next to her, Brandt pulls out his gun, he's about to shoot her, but Preston grabs his arm I and raises it up. loved that shot. I thought that was so clever. The way that but they filmed he, it was really cool. Yeah, but Preston says, we, we have to question her. We need to take her into interrogation. That's his excuse. Yes. For not letting her get murdered. And we have the uh, the questioning in a cell somewhere. I wanna HQ. I wanna know who ratted on her. I wanna know who dobbed her in for not taking her medication and also the the mirror frame. Or I don't know which one she was ratted on for. I assume it was the medication? Cause they seem to know everything, these people. Like how would they know yeah. she's not taking it? It's just stuff like that in the film that sometimes isn't really like explained or elaborated mm. on. They just sort of happen, and you're like, "Oh, well." You, you just kind of I mean, accept I think, it. I think yeah. any film is like that. There's plenty of things that aren't fully explained. How did these people get to to this coffee shop? Did they take the bus? Did they drive? No. What's the parking situation well, like? It's no. There's always it's, things that aren't explained. If it's important, is to it the important s- though? Yeah, because. There's no real, like, there's, like, what I would have liked to have known and found fascinating is how do they regulate and keep on top of people's actions? And because it always seems like they're very on it. They're very, you know, if you're, if you step, if, if the hair is out of line, they will know about it. And it's, and I want to know how. Part, I think part of it is because of people like um, the clerics that are so in tune with everything. They can pick up on what other people are thinking in connection to other people. And a lot of people are snitching. Yeah. I think. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's questioned by Preston and she basically asks, you know, what's the point of living when you feel nothing and you just exist? Mm-hmm. And he says that she's going to be taken to processing and she points out that that's just a euphemism for execution. Why don't they just say execution? Um, yeah. Yeah. She's going to get processed. Um, and then we have a little demonstration of gun Qatar <laughs> with Dupont. 
Um, he explains that it's basically maths, but with guns. Um, you have to do all this sort of geometry in your brain uh, to be able to be really good at this martial art involving firearms. Mm. So I hope that explains to the audience. You see, it's not just some made-up bullshit. <laughs> yeah. There's, they actually show, like, diagrams of, like... That still didn't make any sense. Geometry sure. <laughs> with, like, you know, angles and stuff. It's like, yeah, oh, mm, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's particularly devastating. Like, if you're an expert in this, you will just kill every single fucking person around you without breaking a sweat. Um, Preston goes to take his evening dose of prosium, but decides to skip it again. Um, much like that morning. He has a dream of Mary being... She slides down a chute into the furnace. And... Very, very weird pacing of the dream, but I guess that's dreams. I guess they were trying to... Yeah. Like, encapsulate... It's almost funny. Yeah. That shot of her just sliding down into yeah, it. Yeah, because it was, like, fast, oh. right? Speaking of dreams, mm. I'm going to be on a podcast at some point in the future where I talk about my dreams with uh, Kirsty and Bryony called The Comfort Zone. Oh. Which, oh. I, I think that's quite a nice little tie-in. Keep her keep eye out for that, ear out. It might have already come out but Probably, time Yeah, it out. will have done because Kirsty <laughs> and Bryony are in no way as organised as we are. <laughs> oh. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Sophie talk about her dreams. You can pause the podcast uh, that you're listening to now and listen to that podcast. What did you talk about on the episode that's already gone out? My dream in which I dreamt that, that I... Um, you, do you really want to hear my dream that I'm going to talk about? Because I wrote it down. Do you know what? I don't think we have time. Mm. I don't think, and also, we want to make sure that people will listen to it over on the other podcast, yeah. Comfort Zone. It was really weird. There was taxidermy in it. Of course. Oh, okay. Continue. Sophie was taxidermy. <gasps> Still alive. Oh, my God. Preston wakes up sweating. His heart is beating wildly. He looks very ripped in this yeah. film. Yeah, oh, he does. Also, Christian Bale. So I watched this film on Saturday, okay? Oh. And at some point on Friday night, I accidentally missed my dose of pregabalin and woke up Saturday morning very, very early Sweating, heart palpitations, nightmares. Oh my god! Oh jeez! Didn't know what the fuck was going on, and it took me three hours to come back to reality. And then I shook out my duvet late that afternoon and found the the pill that I'd missed taking, oh. and I was like, "This is so." There we go. So it's like it's like withdrawals. It's withdrawals. Like, and I, I'm actually getting feelings. Oh, oh my god! Not taking the pregabalin. We don't ah. want. We don't want those. Those are, those are did, bad. You, did you walk over to your window, tear off the, the plastic that was obscuring the view and look out over Blackpool where there was like <laughs> rainbows and rain. And <laughs> it looked beautiful Yeah, in the golden light. What actually happened was I staggered to the bathroom and was looking in the mirror going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he did. He went yeah. in there. Yeah. And he's sweaty. He's overwhelmed yeah. by feels. I was overwhelmed and by um, adrenaline and having an unregulated amount of chemicals. Mm. So it was well, different, he's, but the same. He's, yeah. he's, he's skipped a day of, 
of his, you know, happy time liquid. Sorry, fun time liquid. I've called it FTL. It's for not the fun time. It's no time. You don't feel anything. True, actually, yeah. You no, don't feel happy, you don't feel sad, you feel nothing. It reminds me of that game, We Happy Few, where they take the pill to sort of keep yes. the... I love that game, so good. But yeah, he's like sort of having a bit of a meltdown in, the, in front of the mirror, and I'm just looking at how ripped he is. Looks very good. He does very dramatic body transformations in his roles. He, yes. He, yeah. he, he, he can go from very swole, very sort of like... In, you know, he was obviously Batman, so he he was in Batman. The he got really fat, and then he was in The Machinist, and he was really thin. Oh my god, oh god The Machinist! Yeah. My god, he was. I, I, that was one of the only films I've seen in the cinema. I haven't been to the cinema all that much, you realize. And mm. uh, that was one of the ones I saw, and I was just I remember sitting in a corner and not really being able to see anything. <laughs> oh, oh no! More anecdotes. So good. <laughs> So yeah, Preston's looking in the mirror. He's he's got the injector against his neck, but we don't see him actually inject himself. He didn't. Um, he just sort of thought about it. Yeah, and then doesn't. He Preston comes to the realization that there's no real concept of individuality in this society, and this is helped by Sean Pertry's daddy, like literally saying that as as he realizes it, like we're all the same. Everyone is the same. Everything's the same. And he's looking around. And he's like, oh, my God, everything's the same. No way. Um, he sat at his desk and he's dressed the same as the guy in front of him, the guy behind him. The desk is exactly the same with the layer of objects on the desk. Exactly the same. And. And he, he starts rearranging things on his desk. And Brandt turns up and he's like, what are you what are you doing? What are you, what are you do? And he's like, oh, just, just sort of re- re-optimizing uh, the layout of things on my desk. And at this point, I was like, is this film about neurodivergence? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, jump scare. <laughs> so when he was like rearranging the stuff on his desk, I put, um, oh, he's rearranging his desk. Someone arrest him. Actually, no, execute one of his kids. That'll teach him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, I mean, is it, am I wrong? We cannot have G in a position of power in a fascist society. This is why women should have been eradicated. Exactly. We're going to have to take her out. I stand by that statement. Um, And then when he was like walking up the stairs as as people are like walking up to get work, I guess. And he's like, uh, he's looking at people around him. He drops two vials. You know, people step on it. I guess that's his way of getting rid of them without people, you know, tracking him. That He's not taking them. He notices like a woman riding her hand up the railing because obviously that's something that people are just not, you know, people walk with their hands beside them. Um, you know, they don't really do things that make them stick out and he sort of takes off his ha- glove and does the same thing as her. So it's really subtle, nice things like that that show that he's, mm. you know. You don't realize, feels. You don't realize that these little things do generate feelings. Like the, yeah. like the feeling of a handrail and the smell of things yeah. and the way that you organise things exactly. on your desk. Yeah. It's about neurodivergent people, the film. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was interesting coming off of the back of They Live with all the uh, propaganda. People conf- oh. people conforming and... Yeah. Um, 
all the all the all the propaganda being sprouted on the like from daddy as well. It's a bit more, <laughs> yeah. your, it's a bit more in your face with this, but you know. Preston and Brant go off together on another raid. Um, they go off into the Nether. This is the group that bombed the Equilibrium. I think it's the Equilibrium Prosium Factory. Or oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's Distribution Center that's called Equilibrium. Mm. Um, but they bombed a factory that make the drug. And they're heavily armed. And the sweepers go crazy. They're, they're blowing shit up. They're spraying water. They're, they're shooting people. And Preston is stood there looking down at it all. Oh, no, this isn't it. This is this different scene. This is the one where um, a guy runs around the corner, is shot by Brandt, and he, like, dies in Preston's arms. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And Preston is just staring into his eyes as he dies. And he even, like, looks at the blood on his hands. Mm. He's, like, witnessed death for the first time, basically. Despite doing this over and over again for his whole life. Yeah. But he feels it this time, what it's like for someone to die witnessed, in front of him. Yeah, witnessed and processed and felt, mm. which is the human emotions, human psyche. He starts fingering bullet holes in the wall, and he notices that one of them has light shining through. Um, he's found a secret entrance to like a, a basement or something, goes down some stairs. And again, it's like the room that was in the ladies' apartment. It's filled with all this junk. Um, there's a Newton's Cradle that he plays with and there's a record player and he puts on uh, LP by Beethoven well not I guess Beethoven didn't make the LP this was kind of before his, his time um, but you know what I mean uh, and he also sees a snow globe a, of the Eiffel Tower turns it Black upside Pool down Tower. and he had a Blackpool, sorry, the Blackpool Tower. And he looks at the, the snow in the snow globe whirling around Blackpool Tower. <laughs> um, and he listens to Beethoven and he has a bit of a cry. So he didn't cry when the man died, but Beethoven is so bad. He's like, um, it, Yes, I wrote down, he's just walking around touching everything like me at a museum. And then he <laughs> wrote down, baby's first cry. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Baby's first yeah, cry. This might be the first time in his life he cried at anything. Yeah. Do you think when babies Damn. are born, they start injecting them straight away so they don't, they oh, don't yeah. fucking cry? No, wait, but that would be an evolutionary disadvantage if you don't know what a baby's doing. If you don't, well, maybe they're like in the mother's injected, and so it goes into the baby's but the, system. But the thing is, though, if they uh, got him in trouble for fornicating with a woman. Or wait, did did he get in trouble because he was like being sexual with the woman? Or I I, I didn't understand. Who are you talking about? I don't know. There was like a scene where he gets in trouble and they're reading out his Who's offenses. Uh, Christian Bale's character, John Preston. Right. And it seems like people are not allowed. I mean, that doesn't make sense because he's got two young kids. Never mind. I just assumed Artif that they weren't artificial allowed. Artificial insemination is a thing. Maybe yeah, because they... the act of you know sex is very intimate, intimate and emotional. And oh my god, what would it be like? Would I be like, I'm about to ejaculate. Oh, very good. I've I have come. It's just like being that married, nice. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Just cold, emotionless. Just getting it done. 
Yeah. Well, it's like in, uh, is it, is it Robocop? Where they're not allowed to swear. And no, it's either Robocop or Dreb. Dreb. Demolition Man. Oh, Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. Yes. With Simon Phoenix. And Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so in that one, uh, they're not allowed sexy time. They're not allowed to swear. Uh, there's like a whole bunch they of They have a weird things. way of cleaning their ass after they've had a shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of weirdness, but yeah. that's why the whole like s- the sex stuff doesn't make sense. Because it's like, they there's clearly young kids in these like fucking Hitler youth type educational yeah. settings so like but how are they reproducing them if they're not allowed to feel but yeah um so the whole lot is just it's all burned all all the wonderful beautiful things all just destroyed but outside brant calls out preston for having a book in his pocket <gasps> in exactly the same way that preston called out partridge and the dialogue is even the same the excuse Preston gives is the same excuse Partridge gave. Yeah, sometimes He's famous. Like, oh yeah, mm. yeah. I need to. Um, I'll turn it into evidence myself. Yeah, sometimes they they mess it up when it's logged, and he says exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but something else has been discovered nearby. It's dogs. <gasps> it's dogs. These animals were defended by women and children. We put them down easily, is what the sweeper says. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, so the, yeah, there's there's uh, there's there's so many dogs. These beautiful puppers oh, and doggos. So cute. And this is what really hurts him. I'm eating a sweetie. Yeah. Sorry. Mood. They mood. Mood. They're, op- they're ordered to open fire on the dogs and the sweepers start shooting the dogs off camera. We see Preston's face and he winces every time a bullet's fired and a dog goes... Um, and then a little puppy runs away and it runs right up to Preston and he picks it up. I thought this was so cheesy, but also like... Uh, he holds it up to his face and it licks him! <laughs> And and he's ordered to hand over the puppy. Don't worry, uh, cleric. We'll take care of this. He hands over the puppy, but then he takes it back and he says, "Yeah, we gotta, we we gotta test it for disease. There could be all sorts of uh, things going." And he he wanders off, and it's so suspicious how he's behaving. Yeah, the way that he so walks off, suspicious. he's trying to carry this dog in a way. <laughs> and um, it's like dog loving a dog is just an innate human thing. You just yeah. love a dog. You just look at it and you go, I love that dog. I'll I take love him that home. man. He's a lovely boy. He's a lovely He's dog. mine now. This is mine. This is mine. Bye. Goodbye. Uh, we have a, 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 a top secret meeting with our, our highest cleric, Preston, talking to DuPont on a, on a weird sort of screen thing. It's a bit, it gives me like, is it Last Jedi vibes when you have like Snoke? As the hologram mm. talking to Kylo Ren, it's kind of like that vibe. A Did little bit, bigger thing in people, the sky. Yeah. People stopped referring to him as cleric. They started referring to him as Preston. Yeah. Oh. Like they stopped Shit. using his proper title. They just started calling him Preston and John and stuff. Like so it was getting knew, more personal. Maybe. Mm. Hmm. Didn't notice that, but that's pretty. 
pretty interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. DuPont informs Preston that Daddy is now decreed that all <laughs> sense offenders are to be either shot on sight or captured, questioned, and then incinerated without trial. Um, and Preston's kind of struggling to control his emotions. He's clearly not happy about this. He he does say, well, this, this doesn't seem right. What about the law? And DuPont is like, well, whatever Daddy says is the law. So you're going to have to be okay with that. Mm. Um, but we see him struggling. But he's, he's, he's just about holding himself together, Preston. He's just about holding himself together. Um, Preston checks the evidence locker that for Mary's possessions that have been confiscated. And he finds a little ribbon and he sniffs it and puts it in his pocket. And I, fuck, I swear to God, the first time I saw this film, I thought that was panties. <laughs> what? I thought he found some like knickers, gave him a sniff and pocketed them. Because why is it a ribbon? Why is it a ribbon? Because yeah. if she ties her hair up with a ribbon, it can smell like oh, her hair. Oh, right. Nice. Oh, so, I get it now. I don't even know what to say to you, honestly. That's, I'm such a man. Yeah. I'm sorry. What even ribbon for? What ribbon for? <laughs> ribbon for presents. You know, I like... Well, it didn't make sense to me, but now it does. Thank why you. Why use ribbon when you can use rope or underwear? Exactly. Well, the red yeah. red ribbon is uh like a called the red red ribbon of fate, I think. So maybe that's also what red red ribbon red thread of fate. So maybe that's part of the sort of messaging From of the Greek film mythology. Maybe Chinese mythology. I think I don't right. think it's Greek, but it's maybe it's a it's a symbolic thing for the film as well as yeah yeah yeah. But he sniffs and pockets this ribbon, and um, he leaves for the Nether. But we see that Brant is following him, and I hate Preston. his partner very much. Like, yeah, he's, he's a real dick. He's a isn't real he? fucking slimy asshole. He fucking hates Preston and he wants his job. Yeah. And he wants to take him down. Um, Preston parks up, opens up the boot of his car, and there is the fucking pupper. And he, he sets it on the ground and he's like, Go on, off you go. You're free now. Go on, get out of here. And then he gets back in the car, sits, sits in the driver's seat. And the dog is like barking. It's waiting outside for him. And so he gets out. He puts it back in the boot with his jacket as like a bed. And just as he closed the boot, um, a team of soldiers, sweepers, arrive on the scene with their giant truck thing. I hated Um, this scene. This scene just... Because I was like, anytime there's like a dog or an animal involved, I'm like, oh, please. (laughs) A whole bunch of fucking dogs just died. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's awful, but like obviously he protected this one dog, you know, from getting slaughtered. Yeah. And I'm like, please don't kill the dog. <laughs> this was the bit where I was I was like cringing the most. I was worrying. Yeah, I agree. They, the soldiers pull out their guns, they demand to know who he is, what he's doing there, to show his ID. His ID is in his jacket, which is in the boot where the fucking 
secret contraband dog is. Um, the soldiers take his keys off of him, his car keys, and they open the boot up just slightly, but then Preston says, I'm the high cleric, the highest ranking cleric of the Tetragrammaton. And the captain halts the search and is just, just handing over the keys. Preston's just about to take them, but the, the captain hasn't let go of them. And then the dog barks. Yeah. <laughs> the captain snatches back the keys, opens the boot. There's the puppy. And he, and he yells at Preston, down on your knees! Two soldiers draw guns on Preston. And then one of the best scenes of the movie, they are opposite, they're either sides of him, opposite each other. And he smacks their guns so that their guns rotate 180 degrees. And then he grabs the trigger and shoots both of them in the face. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, uh, and they zoom up as well, the visors shatter, it's very, uh... It's so fucking amazing, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's the most absurd fucking thing. What follows is even more absurd, how he takes them out, he's just... Because obviously they slide guns out of their, like, their jacket sleeves. sleeves. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so yeah, Preston just... Kills every single soldier <laughs> easily. Um, and then just to save a puppy. single puppy. Yeah, I was going to say, did this all over a dog? When just when a, there was just a single puppy, men in danger. Well, just go with it. Just try and stay quiet. When it's a dog, he's like, right, fuck you guys. You he's did. a mood. <sighs> he's a whole mood. I would, I would do the same thing. And I wrote down the dog is unfazed at this stage. All oh, this carnage, and he's still just there. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, back home, Preston hides his prosium vials behind his bathroom mirror. Mm. And then he practices some martial arts with like a stick, a weird stick. It's like the shape of a sword, but it's a stick. And uh, Brant appears and they they f- have a stick fight and it's quite intense. It is Brandt literally knows- the scene with Neo and Morpheus. Yeah. With- Except Brant hates Preston and he's kind of like onto him. Yeah, I mean, obviously um, there's a couple differences, but the, you can see a lot of. Matrix. Oh, because it's a black guy fighting a white guy. Is that it, G? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brant knows all about the soldiers that were killed last night, and he seems very pleased about this because the crackdown on offenders without going through their due process is now being accelerated because of this event. So father's new rule of law has come into full force. Um, so this has kind of backfired really for um, our, our cleric that's now having feels. Um, we have the weird scene where the fight kind of ends and Brant thinks that he's won because his stick is on Preston's shoulder and he like taps him on the shoulder with it like I've won I could kill you but then Preston reveals that his stick is between Brant's legs and he like taps him on the balls with it yeah <laughs> he goes bonk, bonk, just like taps him on the fucking ball sack I said dominance I guess so I guess so it reminded me a bit of of Dune as a similar mm. scene at the start yeah where Patrick Stewart taps on uh, Sting's bollocks it's no, no, no. It's 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 when um, 
Is it is it Picard fighting? Um, do you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the slow blade it's that, that pierces the shield. That's the important thing to bear in mind. So just make a note of that. It's the, it's the slow blade. Yeah, I'm writing in my notes um, right now. Yeah. They go off on another raid in the nether, and this is the one with the factory um, that was probably making the explosives. And they just destroy fucking everything and kill everyone that's there. And a resistance member sneaks up behind Preston and he's about to shoot him in the back of the head. But Preston, like, grabs his wrist and then he's like, go, run, get out of here. And they're like, no, you'll, you'll shoot us. And he's like, I could, I, could sh- I could just shoot you at any time. He has to physically, like, lead them to safety because they are untrusting. Um, but then a bunch of the sweeper soldiers burst in and he just... He has these things on the on like the butt of the guns. These like five nubs come out. They 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 are retractable nubs, and he uses this to just bash the shit out of their helmets and smack their heads in. Yep. So he's not shooting with the guns. He's using them as like blunt weapons. He does he does most of his best fighting when he's in a circle. When yes. people are in yeah. a circle around him, he can hit everybody, and they just wait for their turn. <laughs> geometry. I think that's a key thing. Yeah, circles is geometry. Yeah, pi. Yeah, he just he, he he's he can kill anyone. This man, he just easily just obliterates them, um, and then he continues to lead the dudes, um, but he accidentally leads them directly to Brant. Um, kind of messed up there. Um, Brant commends Preston and says basically says teamwork makes the dream work without saying those exact words <laughs> he then demands that Preston execute them all and he says oh if, you, if your gun hasn't got any charge I think he says if your gun is out of charge here have mine and Preston takes his gun but he refuses to kill them and hands back the gun mm, important bear that in mind Bear that in mind. Um, they're all executed um, by just random soldiers. The sweepers just execute our resistance dudes through a glass wall behind them as well. So that was quite impressive to see. Um, just all the like, glass bricks or tiles shatter. Mm. Um, Preston then asks DuPont to... Uh, to be the dude to locate the underground. He wants to be the one to uncover the resistance. And of course, we're, we're like, oh, that's because he wants to join the resistance. But Dupont just appears to trust him 100%. Um, who's Dupont again? He visits... Dupont is the guy Daddy's. whose father's voice. Yeah, Daddy's, Daddy's voice. voice. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. He's the Scottish guy, but he doesn't... I don't think he has a Scottish accent in this. No. It's, um, it's really annoying that, like... John Preston outranks his partner, but at every given turn, his partner is always like trying to, you know, um, sort of question his authority. Because he's ambitious. He is. And like, obviously. He wants to be the top dog. Brandt wants to be top dog, number one boy. The first, I mean, you know, the first thing he says, or one of the first things he says to John when he gets in the car is, you know, being with you will fast track my career. So that should yeah. that should tell you everything you really need to know. But he's just hate how he's 
It's like it feels like authority means nothing. And they even like the higher figures get questioned all the time. It makes him a great antagonist though. It does, yeah. He's, um just on his ass like grass constantly. <laughs> uh Preston visits the the corpse of Partridge and goes through the possessions that were on him when he was killed yes. by by Preston, and he sees that there is a a series of photographs. I thought it was a CD. Has, <laughs> it is like a CD case. Yeah, I thought it was like a CD case, and I thought it was like some heavy metal goth metal shit. Just... I think it might be an old cigarette case or something that they're stored in. I'm not sure, but it's this silver case. With a bunch of photographs, and there's one we don't see what the photograph is, but on the back it says "Freedom." It does, yeah. Preston goes to question Mary. She's still alive. They haven't killed her yet. Um, and the Freedom photo is of Partridge with Mary together, looking happy. <gasps> and at this point, he he tells Mary that he was the one that killed Partridge. Um, she responds by grabbing a pencil and lunging at him across the table. Uh, he stops her very easily because he knows uh, Gun Qatar. He can a pencil is nothing to him. Well, she sort of like takes a moment to process. A pencil, my only weakness. Oh no! He he stops her, pins her down, and they like look into each other's eyes, and they have a moment. Not a romantic moment. Um, or sexual tension. At this, point, at this point, I was sure that she would, like, know that, you know, he has feels now. Maybe she does. I guess not. I think she... Slowly suspects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he walks away. We have another split diopter shot. Oh, it's a shot reverse shot as well. And Preston says, You were lovers. <laughs> And then he leaves. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's like, yeah, I know. It feels like that was something put there for the audience in case we didn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like... You like, were lovers, like, weren't you? You and Partridge were in a relationship together. And then he winks at the camera. <laughs> like, which I thought was very odd. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Um, Preston visits the Freedom reading room. Do you see? Freedom. Mm-hmm. And there he meets... Brian, it's a puppy! Conley. Brian Conley. Uh, Brian Conley, the famous British comedian. Do you not remember when he did, it's a puppy! When he was like Philip Schofield and Gordon the Gopher. I remember. He had that. I thought Sophie would know. Sophie would definitely Gordon, know. You mentioned Gordon the Gopher and I just, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay. I love that guy. Um, I used to find him hilarious when I was a kid. Um, but watching back, it's the most irritating shit I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, big influence on me, Brian Conley. Uh, he is he is like the the head of Reading Room, and he's like making sure that there's a class of people all reading lessons from Daddy. Um, but. Preston storms in, throws everyone out, interrogates Brian, and Brian gives up a name. So he's Jurgen. He's um he just this Partridge no wait. Preston is holding people against tables a lot now. This is his thing. He's held her, yeah. her against the table, 
Mario's holding him against the table. It's a theme. I'm not sure what the symbolic significance of the table is in this movie, but I'm sure there's a reading of it. <laughs> um, Preston also looks at the wall and realizes that it's not real books, and he just like bashes his way through it, and there's a secret room behind it. <gasps> um, and there waiting for him is Jürgen. And it's fucking William Fichtner, who was Roger Van Sant in Booth's favourite movie, Heat. I wouldn't have been able to recognise him. <laughs> yeah, not in a million Just years. Saying. Not in a million years she would have recognised him. I always recognise this guy, and I will to the day I die, as the guy from Prison Break. He, right. He plays like a bit of a rat-type character in Prison Break, and I noticed him. He plays Alex, I think. And I noticed him at the beginning of the film. So he, oh. he was there at the beginning. Uh, he was in the crowd and he was one of the first people to stand up and applause oh. when Daddy was giving a speech. And I was like, hey, Shit. that's the guy from Prison Break. I wonder if he's important. And th there was another guy from Prison Break, but he had a very small role. He was the dude in the beginning, the one that was guarding the room with the Mona Lisa. He plays it's the brother. He, he's the brother of uh, the big one. The, the, the main Dominic Purcell. Dominic Purcell is the brother of the main guy from Prison Break. I love Prison Break. It's so iconic. But um, yeah, a couple Prison he Break was supposed characters. to be. I think he was supposed to be the lead of this film. What and trivia about that? Dominic Purcell. I think so. Yo. Um, okay. All right. Interesting. But instead he had the very, very minor role in it. Yeah. That's going to feel bad. I guess um, they must have gotten like Christian Bale and were like, ah, uh, Sosa, we've got Christian, so. Yeah. Sorry about that. Jürgen reveals that the Resistance have been watching Preston and they know that he's feeling things. Oh, no. He then opens a trap door and says, welcome to the underground. It's uh, a literal underground. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally underground. Um, he gives Preston a polygraph test to just check to see if he does have feels. And he he sure does. He says, how do you feel about Mary? He's going to be executed. And, it, you know, it, the needles will go. <laughs> uh, so he knows that he's off the prosium. Um, yeah. Jürgen then, he says to Preston, it's important to know like when to feel basically and sometimes you have to force yourself to not feel anything you've got to keep up the facade and then he says uh by the way it'd be really good if you killed like father aka daddy if you could just do that then that would solve a lot of our problems and that's quite a big ask like the first time you meet this dude you're like we need you to assassinate the leader <laughs> The leader of our country slash city. Um, sure. Assassinate the leader, the leader, the leader. Bit of we a see big Preston, ask, if you ask me, but, yeah. you know. Who am we I? see Preston just legging it along the street, and he's just yeeting people left and right as he runs. He's just shoving these people out of the way. Some of them, it looks like they land really badly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he then goes down a, a side street or alleyway, takes a moment to just have a breath, but then immediately the the giant sweeper truck and bikes 
and soldiers appear to escort him away. Um, Dupont is actually there in person to meet Preston, and he informs him there's a rumour one of the elite clerics has stopped taking their prosium and has started having feels. <gasps> Dupont slams his fist on the table and starts yelling, which seems like an emotional response to me. Yep. That seems a bit sus. Hmm. Um, also, have you noticed... More, this cleric... Sorry, have you noticed... His, did you notice his comically large chair, by the way? No. You, you didn't, <laughs> okay. chairs are comically large to me? Tr- trust me, Aww. this one is a comically large chair. Right. Like, like it's a throne. Yeah, but, but like a like dinner table. Like a leader would have. Yeah, but it looks like a dinner table chair, but like in the, sh- in the size of a throne. It's just bizarre. That's strange. Why would he have a throne, though? He's like the second in command. It's, oh, it's, he, it's that's... Father. W- Sorry, Daddy da- who's the leader. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why he would... Strange. So odd. Uh, so, yeah, this, this, this traitor cleric is attempting to make contact with the Resistance. Dupont then asks what Preston has been up to lately, and Preston responds with, attempting to contact the Resistance, sir. Oh. <laughs> and then there's like a tense moment when we're like... Oh shit, Dupont knows. Dupont knows. But then he says, Well, how are you going to find the traitor if you're only attempting to contact the resistance? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, oh, thank God. Thank God. That was quite a good fake out moment. Yeah. I did notice that he somehow always finds a way out of very dire situations by either through killing or he just gets insanely lucky. <laughs> It's like, well, number one, he is probably the best killer that exists in this society. And number two, he's being played like a fucking fiddle. True, yes. So with that in mind, it does make sense. Um, Preston continues to hide his meds, still not taking them. And he's fiddling with his son's meds when, when his little boy Robbie wakes up and he's like, what are you doing, father? And he's like, oh, just just checking, you, you've been taking your meds. Okay. And it's like, oh, that little shit. He's going to fucking, he's going to tattle on his dad. I honestly I know thought he, he was. Yeah. On, like... I was thinking that <laughs> his son is going to rat like, him out. Rat him out because he was going to rat out his mate. I was thinking, oh, yeah. this kid knows. That was also a fake we out. We know what's coming. <laughs> the kid was also a fake out as well because it's sort of, you know, trying to lead you to believe that the kid is, you know, trying to be a outstanding citizen, all this kind of shit. But mm, the fact that be a cleric he like his dad, he snitches on his schoolmates. Yeah, but he questions stuff as well. Yeah. So we should have. It was sort of like a. He is he is he trying to do the right thing by how society is, you know, made them to sort of act and behave, or is he questioning things? I wonder if the kids have to mm. take the the medicine like the the adults do with the injection. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah. Damn! Literally, that, Preston was fiddling with it. He had it in his bedside table. Right. Yeah, that was that was Robbie's prosium injection kit thing. Savage. Um, Preston meets with Mary, and his watch beeps notifying him that it's time to take his dose of prosium. But he just sits there. And Mary's like, you're not going to take your, your prosium? 
He's like, guess what, bitch? I haven't taken it in days. Well, he doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah, word for but... word. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Mary finally figures it out. And she's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I don't know. And, and then they touch fingers. <laughs> they did touch fingers, which is illegal. And they should both be shot. Um, I think before <sighs> when he was talking about getting him, getting pressed to kill the father, they mentioned something about her getting... She's like scheduled for combustion. I don't know if you like remember that line. Yeah, I think that's coming up. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, they might have said it. She had like like within a week or something, or the next day. I just whenever <laughs> we're given a ticking clock element. I found that phrase so fucking like hilarious. Scheduled for combustion. I put me planning my weekly mental breakdowns. Like yes. schedule combustion. What do you? She's not gonna combust. You're just setting her on fire. That is combustion. Is it? I thought combustion, combustion was the... always like just like an explosion. No, combustion is the process of something setting on fire. Oh, specifically, it's when a, f- a fuel is ignited with the presence of oxygen. Right. Okay. That's what combustion is. G oh. is talking to two people who took physics. Um, Every day's a school a day, level. especially with mm. you guys. So. The more you know. So there's already an external fire that lights her on fire. So she isn't actually combusted. Mm. Right. Um, in this but sense. she's, she's uh, scheduled to be in the same room as combustion. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad, you know, it's not a bad, it's not a bad place to be. Fuck it. I stand by that. It's not a bad place to be. Fuck it. Yeah. Sure. Burn me. Uh... Preston informs Jürgen that Daddy is very heavily guarded. There's like 50 sweepers guarding him due to the high risk of assassination. So taking him out is not going to be easy, is the implication. Um, Jürgen tells Preston that there's bombs planted in every prosium factory in the city. And as soon as Daddy is killed, they will detonate the bombs, disrupt the supply. And it only takes a single day of disruption and society will change, guaranteed. But it only took one dose for 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 Preston to change. So yeah, it like so there will be a, a big effect. Do we find out how many doses they have to take a day? Um, I feel like the one in the morning for sure, and then the, then there's like when people are walking in the street, there's an announcement, and then they all stop in their tracks, and they also take an injection. So that's twice. And then the evening. And then so maybe? there's at least three. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's going to be a big change then. Yeah. Uh, Preston agrees. Um, he's going to kill Daddy. Oh yeah. He just needs to figure out a way to actually be in the same room as this man that he's never met. Uh, Preston watches on a monitor as Mary is taken off to be executed. Mary. He he goes over to his desk and he watches back old footage of his wife. Did, did you did you notice that um, when when he was messing with his son's dosage, his dad went, his son went, "Good night, dad." <gasps> oh, I he didn't call, did? him call him John. Oh, oh shit! Oh, oh, that's a good catch. And I was that's like, a good oh. catch. So this is Holy like, shit. you know that the kid isn't in on it. 
Like he's he's oh my god, he's that, also a feeler. He's a feeler. This healer. film is so fucking clever. Oh my yeah, god, that is it so is. good. I'm glad you glad you brought that up. I didn't even notice. This is this is you know this is why I wanted to lean into the cheese and lean into the stupidity because like there are really clever bits and I yeah. don't want to disregard just because yeah. it's a fucking it looks naff because it's from 2002. <laughs> you know, of course it's yeah. gonna look naff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so yeah, Preston watches as Mary's taken to be executed. Goes to his desk, watches old footage of his own wife being sent off to be executed, and we see on the footage Preston is as was stood directly behind his wife. He was there. He was just hanging out. He was, he was there. Just, he was like, yeah, glaring my wife's at the camera, burned. Preston doesn't want history t- to repeat itself. He he rushes to stop Mary from being burned alive. He he runs it. He runs through the office. He runs through a series of fucking tunnels. Like, and they look really cool, these tunnels. I like, are mm. these real things that exist, these tunnels? Are they somewhere under LA or something? I don't know. Well, set. well they, were, they were under, <clears throat> under in the, under, in the, uh, in they live as well. They'd be these big tunnels. <gasps> yeah. It's a theme. Yeah. It's a theme. To be fair, Brits used the London Underground as like bomb shelters. They did, um, didn't so they? We do have tunnels, but they are filled with train, so you can't really use them. <laughs> they won't be that curved with, either. With They're really curved. They are the really wobbly. Um, oh, that'd they, be dangerous for train. But they're they're really wibbly wobbly at, at the London Underground. So you just don't really feel it. That's very true. If you look at the actual like journey that they take. It's, it's they're not, not the straight lines. They're on not the, map the straight path. lines on the map. No. no, they have to avoid all sorts of stuff. It's really clever. So he he rushes to stop Mary from being executed, but he's he's too late. There's Darth Vader's there. She's been locked into this furnace, and we're told that if they unlock it, there will be a massive explosion on the streets above. Which what? It makes what? no sense. It doesn't make sense, no. but but you can tell that you know they've said that because he obviously doesn't want everybody else to die, right? So that's sort of him feeling again. So I don't know whether they this is something standard that they do. She was um, Mary's been fucking burned. Yeah, the, the fact that, that there's a tiny little gap in the door, there right? a T-shaped gap. Which is a recurring theme. There's these T's in doors and windows. What's the name of their big organization again? The Tetragrammaton. Right. So That'd Tetra is yeah. four in Greek. Yeah. It, yeah. It means it refers to four things written down, four letters in particular. Right. I don't think it's very. Um, it's not very good to have a big gap in your door when you're going to incinerate someone. I think it's or glass something. in the... Yeah, I think it's a window. Yeah. Well, I think it's tempered glass. Fair enough. Well, like a, an oven. Who an has oven. to go in and clean that? you got to check. Oh, my the, God. you got to check that, you know. Mr. Muscle, just take human remains. Just Get one of them scrapers on it. Fuck, they have to do the same things in crematoriums, though, right? So but it must be a thing. But there must weird. be no, because a line of products. Didn't his wife... Weren't we laughing about the fact that his wife got, like slid into a furnace. That was a dream that he had, I yeah. think. 
Oh, I thought that's what happened. No, they make them stand there while they get burned. Damn. Dude. As like a timer ticks down. Yeah. Oh my god. Just kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Preston has witnessed Mary dying, like looking into her eyes as she got burned alive, and he walks out into the street. He tries to control his emotion. But he breaks down. Yeah. He drops to the floor. He starts crying. And he is immediately arrested by Brandt, who is grinning down at him and then punches him in the face. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Such yeah. an asshole. <laughs> it's not enough to just arrest him for it. Just punch him. What a fucking asshole. So the, in this, this point, there was um, the music of this bit. I thought it was a pigeon in the room. Because it sounded like a pigeon cooing. Like there was a pigeon. Sophie, is the pigeon in the room with you right now? (laughs) It could potentially be in the room right now. I've got, I I won't lie. Now, in the the music, and it's in the credits as well, the pigeon came back for the end of the movie. I thought there was a pigeon. I I was like, what? I don't know. I I didn't hear anything pigeon like, but. Well, I did. I believe you. I believe you. Thanks. If you say that there was a pigeon. There was a pigeon. No, no, it just sounded like in the music. (laughs) It'd be funny in the credits it said, music by pigeon. Music by pigeon. Uh, Brandt brings Preston into DuPont's office and he says, like, really smugly, there was a tracer in the gun that places Preston at the (sighs) scene of the, the puppy defense killings, I've said in my notes. Yeah. Um, and they pull it up on the computer and they're all like, huh. But then Preston pulls the Uno reverse card and says, it was actually Brandt's gun. And we see on the monitor, it was Brandt's gun. We see in the flashback when Preston was handed Brandt's gun, Mm -hmm. Preston actually handed his own gun back to Brandt. He didn't hand Brandt's gun back to him. So he he swapped the gun. Very clever. So, yeah. Man's Damn. playing 4D he chess. There was, he knew that there was, like, trackers on the guns, and he knew that they was potentially going to get into some hot water. Better just swap it out, just so that he yeah. looks like he's free and clear. So, basically, he's gone and framed him. He's gone and framed Brandt. and said it was him that I found. I've brought you the, the guy who's got the feels. And the guy and who did course, all this... Due to father's new orders, um, Dupont just orders Brandt to be sent off for execution. Easy. So, Job done. Problem solved. He's, go- he's gone. He's gone from the movie. Uh, however, um, just to m- make sure everything's by the book and official, Dupont will have to have Preston's apartment searched, just in case. And, and he's like, that's um, fine, don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh Dupont also asks if if Brandt being sent to his death disturbs him in any way, and Preston says the only thing that disturbs him that he hasn't yet met Daddy, despite being the one to potentially locate the resistance. For you him. know, just saying, just laying the ground. You know, maybe it'd be cool to meet up with with my Daddy boss. one day. It'd be nice to see me, boss. You know? It'd be nice to see him. Not, not, not to kill him or anything. Not to not to assassinate. Just to you know, be like shake his hand or something. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the search team is at the apartment complex and 
Preston says the words, I have nothing to hide, and then just fucking legs it up the stairs along the corridors, runs for his fucking life, um, presumably to retrieve the vials. Um, they are, he gets home and they are ransacking his house and he's just like, very good, the search team's already there, very cool, cool, and he just yeah, shits himself yep. in the bathroom. Yeah, just need um, to have a piss. Um, got to take a massive shit, please excuse me. He you checks behind on. the... He checks behind the mirror and the vials are gone. Robbie walks in. He's holding them in his hand. And we're like, oh, my God, he's fucking snitched on his dad. We knew this. We knew this was going to happen. But no, Robbie has not been taking his prosium since his mother died. And his sister is the same. Both both of his fucking progeny are, are, are sense offenders. And they've been hiding it. Which I can't imagine how the fuck a kid could do that. Honestly. No, kids can't regulate their emotions at the best of fucking times. I, I, I mean, I feel like I have tantrums a lot. Have you seen those those videos of kids screaming because they can't get in the oven? And it's like they oh can't God. drink the chemicals under the sink, so they've just well, decided you know, to kick off. This is a video of my daughter where I wouldn't allow her to eat a stone and she's oh. just bawling her, her yeah. eyes out. They're kicking off at all this stuff, saying that oh, you you're not allowed to go and uh, have a cuddle with the lion. Ah! Oh my god! So yeah, it's Robbie's good. He's a goodie. Oh, so that's nice. And unnamed sister also is a goodie. Presumably. I think Lisa was her name. Lisa, okay. Then she has she doesn't have a line in the film, right? She doesn't no. have a single line, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, Preston telephones HQ and says, I've located the resistance. But he's in the resistance when he does this. Sorry, he's in the underground, I should say. Um, They're all arrested and Preston is rewarded. Uh, This is all part of his plan. Uh, He really wanted that white dress uniform. Um, Oh, and also to meet with father. Sorry, daddy now. Um, The meeting is arranged because he did it. He got the resistance arrested. It's the price that they paid so that he could meet up with father to take him out. Uh, however, there are a few rules with meeting daddy. You have to avoid eye contact. You can't get too close because there are snipers that will just take you out. Oh, and uh, you got to surrender your firearm, obviously. Kind of weapons. Oh, and just one more thing. There's a test. And I was what? like, Uh-oh. oh, no. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> There's and a I polygraph test. DNA test. He is not the father. <laughs> Mori Povich cameo I wrote down. I want Mori oh Povich there. Oh my god. Jeremy Kyle would fucking love all these polygraph tests and that. Oh my god. But yeah, this is what polygraph tests are really for. Not showing when someone's lying or telling the truth, but showing when they're conveying emotion. When they have an emotional response to something. And if they have an emotional response to something that they're not supposed to, then it constitutes as a lie. Shot. <laughs> on Jeremy Kyle, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that would be a lot darker a show if that's what they did. Jesus, it did get pulled so, off. Yeah. So we have Preston in his lovely um, white dress uniform, sat down at the polygraph test, and the guy questioning him says, "Okay, first question. Well, it's more of a riddle. What would you say is the easiest way to get a weapon away from a Grammaton cleric?" Oh. And I was, I was like, I know the answer. This is man. It's man. <laughs> Time. T- the darkness. It's the wind. The wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sleep. I think sleep is the answer. Yeah. But as soon as, like, cleric leaves the questioner's mouth, someone reaches, no, they don't, they lean forward over Preston's shoulder and they say, you ask him for it. It's uh, uh, Brant. Oh my Fucking God. Brant. Where did Brant come from? I thought he was dead. And Preston's polygraph doesn't look good. There's, there's a there's, response. There's weekly lines all over the fucking place. Uh, shock horror. Um, Daddy then directly addresses Preston from the big screen in front of him, saying that it was Brant's job to let Preston feel like he'd won. The oh. plan was to let a sense offender cleric join the underground, draw them out, and then capture them all. And they played him like a fucking fiddle. I bet you feel dumb now, don't you, Preston? I felt well, I didn't quite say dumb. that, but <laughs> um, and then the screen changes and the image of Daddy fades away, and it's revealed that it was Dupont, Dupont. this whole time. Oh my Dupont god! There's so many was... switcheroos. There's so many things going on mm. in there. <laughs> Dupont was playing the role of Daddy. Daddy has died many years ago, and. The the counts the secret council that runs the world, probably the Illuminati, uh, elected Dupont to be the new leader, secretly, um, just playing the role of daddy this entire time. Preston's polygraph goes completely fucking apeshit. <laughs> the <laughs> the scribbles are massive, out of control, but then it completely stops, and it's just a straight line, no emotion. There's a single man there in the room who goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and then Preston pulls out guns from his sleeves and shoots everyone dead apart from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked because I think maybe Preston was like, the guy went, oh, shit. That was fear. He felt an emotion. Maybe he's, he's okay. He's, yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but that's the kind it's of vibe that I got. It's an interesting theory. I mean, I, I think yeah. th this film does make you think about, oh, who else is feeling things? Yeah. And it makes you think about what could potentially be going on with everything. Because there's so much. There is so much. <laughs> Preston basically goes full fucking Neo from the Matrix. He's going through a corridor filled with these sweeper agents. And he does these super cool moves does somersaults and shit, um, has this weird reloading mechanism, uh, which is really cool. Um, it comes down from his sleeves and reloads his guns. He, um, he like, is it, he, he like kicks a, a rifle and it, and catches it in his hand and shoots yeah, people. Yeah, he like steps on it so that it, it flips up. Yeah, flips, I guess is the word, Yeah. But, my God, he's such a badass, using his gun guitar skills, just obliterates everyone in the corridor, bashes through the fucking door, and it's Dupont and Brandt in a marble room with a series of pillars around it, a lovely circular room. Preston steps towards them, and we see there are soldiers behind these pillars, and they've all got katanas. Oh. And I'm like, oh my god, we're going to have such a good fucking fight now. Oh this my is going to be god, amazing. yes, the scene. They stand in a circle around Preston. One of them growls. Yeah, that's... That, I was like, what? <laughs> what? 
But don't worry, because they're in a they're in a circle, so they stand no fucking chance against <laughs> Preston. Preston just grabs one of their katanas out of the sheath and just, and the four of them fall down dead. It took seconds for him to kill them. So cheesy, isn't it? Mm. Um, then Brant takes a katana from the desk, and they have their epic duel. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It literally takes one second for Preston to kill Brant. Um, he cuts absurd. his face off. He does. He cuts his fuck. His face slides off. That was horrible. Oh my! How sharp is that blade? What the to, fuck? To take to take out skull as well. Yeah, incredible. Also, did you notice that the room had? I mean, you probably did. It's you know had color in it. Yeah, well, color the, art. The yeah. whole the whole yeah the whole vibe changed a lot throughout the film as well but that room in particular why would he have so much color in his room if because he wasn't because dupont doesn't take prosium yeah um, he probably thinks he's above DuPont... everyone it's like i can handle emotion but you guys should not You're be not allowed. Allowed. So society is controlled so yeah. they can rule them it doesn't matter the rules don't apply to them yeah uh brant picks up his gun from his desk and then he misquotes yates and he says, be careful, Preston, you're treading on my dreams. Mm-hmm. And the treading on dreams thing is what Partridge said at the start of the film. Oh. It came up again. But the fact that he was aware of Yates. Yeah. That's another like indicator. Um, and then we have the, their gun guitar duel. And it is fucking awesome. So they have guns, but they're like hitting each other's hand out of the way so they can't get a, a shot on each other. And, oh my God, I can't even describe it. Um, Magic. G, go ahead. What? <laughs> go ahead what? How would you describe this duel between DuPont and Preston? Uh, I mean, well, in terms of how he had a fight with Brent and it was just over within a second, it was pretty... Okay, the, the 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 look on Dupont's face was what made it for me. He was very wide-eyed, shocked, yeah, sort of he panicked. Like a psycho. He does. He looked very panicked the entire time. <laughs> it just looked funny, um, but I was sort of yeah. I mean, it's dumb. It's cheesy. It's over the top. Um, I thought it was funny though, and obviously it's, it's, he gets outplayed. It's good to have. It's good to have a fight with ranged weapons, but it's melee combat. Yeah. Like that's, you got to be able to use you know, your gun quite unique. as a blunt weapon, uh, mm. which, is what, which is what they do. I also know they're also trying to shoot each other. They, you get these shots going off and they're like yeah. dodging and. Yeah. They're, their guns are very Man. bizarre. Uh, they're like, what are they? Pistol shit? No. Like, they're like a normal. Is it a pistol? I don't know what it is, but it sort of fires like an automatic and there's a lot of ammo in them for some reason and he can get a lot of yeah. shots off even though he does reload, but it still doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, Brant did say, is your weapon charged? So I think... Uh, maybe. But... Uh... I think there's magical rules for the guns so they don't have to just shoot eight shots and then immediately reload. Yeah. Uh, Just fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Preston eventually disarms DuPont and DuPont just tries to reason with him. He says, 
you know, would you really kill someone who's actually truly alive, who feels, is it worth the price? And Preston goes, I paid it gladly and shoots him dead. Bosh. Preston then goes through into a control room, just destroys fucking everything. All Um, the computers. Yeah, which stops the broadcast. Daddy's broadcast across the city is disrupted. And then the bombs detonate in the Prosium factories. We see these big explosions. It's it's like um, End of Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah. But during the daytime. I have a question. So they said that as soon as Daddy's dead, then the bombs go off. How do they know? Because the broadcast was disrupted. I guess that was part of the plan. Oh, yeah. And when he's punching, he's ruining all these computers, he sees Sean Pertwee's face still broadcasting. So he just shoots that. He just shoots the hologram. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, you know, it's symbolic. It felt good to him and he feels things now. So feeling good is is a good thing, I guess. <laughs> um, we Yeah, we see the factories all explode, but then we, we get a shot of his daughter and there's the fucking puppy and it's licking her hand. Oh, there's Bingo. Wait, boot, Bingo? Bingo. Oh, Bootgo. <laughs> good boy. What a lovely Bootgo. boy. And his son is at school and he smiles as he hears the bombs go off, which is pretty creepy when you think about it. Yay, loads of people have died. (laughs) All these workers. Oh my god. (laughs) We get some shots of the resistance attacking, striking back at the sweepers, and they're just, they're killing them everywhere. And um, the final shot, I guess, is Preston fingering Mary's ribbon. And smiling at like, the camera. Why did you have to? He, he did it for her. <sighs> <laughs> the end. The end. That was equilibrium. <laughs> a wild fucking ride, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a wild ride. My God. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they were going to be able to wrap up everything because there was like only like a small amount of time left because I looked at the runtime and I was like, Oh, there's still a lot to kind of wrap up here. How are they going to conclude this? I think it helps that like two of the big fights at the end just took seconds. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really take that long. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, um, final thoughts. I guess me first. You first, Simon. I, I, I honestly, unironically think that this is a fucking amazing movie. <laughs> Um, it's a real boys film for the lads. Yeah. For yes. men to watch watch men shoot other men. <laughs> uh, a fun romp, an action movie with an interesting setting. Um you know, this this fascist futuristic dystopia um and Christian Bale being cool and winning, um uh, beating the bad guys. And the the sprinkling of of plot throughout it, it all works for me. Honestly, it's it's not the most in depth, artistically brilliant film, but it's very enjoyable and it's got a happy ending. I gave it eight out of ten. It's not the best film ever made, but it's a solid solid action movie. Very enjoyable. Simon awesome. out. Simon out. Uh, Sophie, you should yeah. go middle. I want to hear your thoughts. 
Okay, oh. so I didn't rate when I logged this on Letterbox. I didn't actually rate it because I wanted to keep it a secret from mm. from everybody. What I thought, but I had zero idea of what to expect from this film. I thought it was mega cheesy, and then I just I allowed it to happen, and I ended up enjoying it. Um, dodgy CGI, doof, uh, doofy CGI, doofy fights, but I just I just <laughs> let it happen to me, and I give it a six out of ten. Not bad. Six. Not yeah. bad. Because, I mean, yeah, it's really boy, lads, 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 all this fighting and shit, <laughs> which yeah. really put me off a bit. But the story behind all of that, if you know, that's good. Hmm. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> it was good, Simon. I thought you would hate it, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a win. And I that's thought, I thought that you, I thought that you thought I'd, would hate it, so I wanted to keep it quite a secret from what <laughs> I did actually think. I can never tell sometimes. I thought I that it would... I thought Biff would think it was alright. I, I knew it was going to get like an average score. I didn't think you were going to hate it, but yeah, I have been wrong in the past, but I do think <laughs> I know what kind of movies you hate. You, you're getting there now. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. learning. I'm learning. Or she learning. Anything over two hours. <laughs> yeah, I draw yeah. The line. that's that's an immediate like three point deduction. <laughs> G Star Games, how did you feel about this film? I liked it. I thought it was clever in some aspects, but yeah, the CGI was obviously a bit naff in certain points. Um, it's quintessential 2000s early 2000s kind of film with the sort of futuristic setting dystopian sort of setting uh it's not my favorite kind of dystopian setting i don't really like brutalist structures architecture. and architecture yeah it's i don't love that kind of thing it's but I, I, that's the sort of emotions you're supposed to feel i, I mean some people do like it but my sort of dystopian future is more on the cyberpunk, cyber sort of like mm. fu- that sort of futuristic type it's, setting. I guess the like Blade like the Runner sets and everything is quite utilitarian and yeah. um, minimalistic. Yeah, and you like clutter and bright lights. Yeah, I like that sort of like. Yeah, I don't know what it's called specifically, but it's like the Blade Runner, sort of with the rudimentary technology. Uh, it's got kind of brutalistic structures, but it has a little bit of character to them. Whereas a lot of these are just very straight edged and stuff. Um, I like the story. I thought it was pretty clever. I think it it had more potential um, to to be great, like really good. But obviously it was very sort of trying to follow in the Matrix footsteps a little mm. bit. Uh, and it's, it wasn't as clever as I was hoping it could have been, but I still think it managed to drive the message home. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit shallow in some aspects, but there there was aspects of cleverness. Uh, I would give this seven, I think. Seven? Yeah. Oh my God. No, I think it was Holy good. shit. I do really like it. Um, and I think it, yeah, it's, I was going to give it an eight, but I like pondered it a little bit. I was like, okay. Uh, so I think a seven is fair. Good grief. That surprises me. 
Why? Pleasantly you, surprised. Do you think I was going to hate it? I, I I thought you'd just think it would be just a, a dumb movie. No, I like, I kind I kind of like the kind of like that like, kind of stuff. I guess there's there's sort of like plot twists and things in it, you know. There's stuff going on. It's not just a dumb action movie. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's there's, there's like, there are layers. It's not just surface. Oh my god, like ogres. Like ogres. They also have layers. Yeah. Alright then. Should we move on to the triv? Let's get yes, on please. to the Late. triv. Uh, Sean Bean has developed a reputation for starring in roles where his character dies. He continues this hallowed tradition in this role. <laughs> 17 minutes in, he dies. <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh, um, okay, who, who, who wants to say the dog one? You can, because I, I don't have any, any op. G, do you want to oh. say? Uh, where is the dog one? Oh, yeah, so the puppy used in the movie was a Bernice mountain dog. Yeah. Uh, the do- the noises it makes, barks, whines, and yelps weren't made by the uh, by the dog, but by an actor who was specialized in mimicking <laughs> animals. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> very convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Very well done. <laughs> oh, oh, bark, bark, <laughs> bark, bjork. <laughs> and what's my what's my motivation for this scene? Uh, yes, you're a little dog. <laughs> you're outside. <laughs> and you're going to get and slaughtered. And Christian Bale is sitting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> absurd, isn't it? It is. Uh, we said the one about the two actresses playing Preston's wife, which is insane. This is a good one. John Preston kills 118 characters in this movie. Whoa! Which makes him responsible for exactly half the deaths shown. Whoa! <laughs> And as of March 2023, he holds the ninth, ninth place for the most kills caused by a character in cinema. No way. So th- this includes all of the kills by John Rambo, I was all of the say. kills by John Wick. This single movie, he's ninth. God damn. Um, it's, argu- it's arguable that he actually holds second place overall for a single movie kills. Um... Beaten only by Clive Owen um, in Shoot 'em Up, where he plays Mr. Smith, a hitman, presumably, that kills a lot of people. I've not seen it. Um, mm. But that's insane, isn't it? 118 people he fucking kills. That is a lot. That's a, lot. That's a big body count. Good lord. Yeah. I'm Actually, that's a good like piece of trivia in general. Um people in cinema who've like killed a lot of people mm. I was gonna say like Oppenheimer but <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god uh, um, Jesus Christ so apparently despite popular belief absolutely no wires were used in the film at all all the gravity defying mm. stunts were done through conventional means for example the backflip off of the motorcycle was done with a trampoline whoa oh, that's that is amazing cool. that is very cool uh, apparently the ironically brief fight between Preston and Brandt at the end uh, was actually the result of a Raiders of the Lost Ark-esque snag. Oh, oh, 
Did he have the shit? Do you remember that when he shoots? No, no, it was nothing to do with uh, the main actor having diarrhea. The, the script had a much longer fight in it, but the actor who plays Brant had a very tight schedule, so he couldn't be in a, a long sequence. So they had, had the to shits. rewrite it. They're just being immediately killed. There's there's rumours that it wasn't him in the fight. It was a body double. Um, no. And of course, when he, we see his face slide off, that's CG anyway. Mm. So he may not have even been there. I hated. All. I hated that face slide so much. <laughs> it's so good. It's, oh my god. Yeah, it's iconic, but like awful. Very awful. Um, Kurt Wimmer had so as the director had originally wanted Christian Bale, as you said, uh, for the lead role. Uh, after huh? seeing him in American Psycho, which counts, oh. which which makes sense because that was in two thousand. Uh, so he, it wasn't Dominic Purcell that he wanted. Well, he did. He no, he, he did. wanted Christian Bale, and then he changed when he realized that he wasn't available. Yes, he's like, oh, Dominic Purcell will do. Yes, and then ba- Christian Bale became available, and then Purcell available. was available, and then <laughs> and then Dominic Purcell was cast as the guy at the beginning. Oh, how that's harsh. That's so harsh. I'd be so heartbroken. That. But just just imagining this giant fucking bold beefcake of a man. Uh, I don't know. It feels a bit weird. Yeah, I can see it, but I do think Christian Bale did do a good job. He nailed it. Yeah, he nailed it, man. Uh, what else was there? So so Kurt Wimmer <laughs> invented the martial arts. Wimmer. Wimmer. Okay. If it's German. Maybe. It's spelled W-I-M-M-E-R, but who knows if it's pronounced that way. So the martial arts style of gunfighting for the movie was made, invented in his backyard. What? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Just the guy being a dude, being a guy, being a bro. And he's like, yeah, oh martial arts and guns. That sounds like fun. I've seen The Matrix recently. <laughs> oh god anything else do you want to move on to the uh, oh to the budget box office the film takes oh. place in 2072 that's actually kind of fascinating oh 2077 what makes you a criminal in Night City getting cock why do you come <laughs> Okay, let's go on to box office. Mm-hmm. I do not have the So stats. this was a big hit, right? Mm. A movie with all this kung fu shit set in a dystopia after The Matrix got released, starring Christian Bale. This must have been a huge hit. Made a load of money, right, G? Right? Uh, so the budget was... Oh, fuck me. So the budget <laughs> was $20 million. And the box office only made five point three million. <laughs> oh no! Ironically, oh, that's abysmal. Yeah, wow. it bombed. It didn't do great. It didn't do great at all. But I always, sad. I always hear people mention Equilibrium so much. Like I, I know that people quite like this movie. So that is. Very, very weird. However, I just saw I saw this trivia before we moved on to this, and it said 
the film was not given a wide release because it had already run into profit as a result of overseas sales and Miramax didn't want to risk turning a moneymaker into a loss. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what? Right, so that's 5.3 million is like America and overseas it made a profit. <laughs> so it wasn't a bomb! Yay! Yay! Oh my god, Daniel Radcliffe auditioned to be John's son! <laughs> what? what the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this trivia is amazing. Okay, um, do you think it would make a good video game? Yeah. First person shooter? Like a Doom? Sure. Or maybe more like uh, Deus Ex? Oh yeah. More like an immersive sim? Where you have to like go through the motions of being a cleric, but then making decisions where you don't get too many innocent people or dogs mm. killed. Yeah, okay. A moral yeah. sort of quandary type. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think it could there work. Is a, there is a game on Steam called Equilibrium that I found. Oh, yeah. And... It is, quote, developed by a senior high school student who fall in love with games. I will take into consideration the sales to keep updating and develop a bigger service. And from the description of the game, it says, The last one is a special mode called Equal. In this game mode, ghosts are weak first. What the should do is hide themselves and fooin. At the same mm. time, humans need to find out the ghosts and destroy the fooin. If they failed to do that, there will be a counter-strike. I don't know so. what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think there's a Google Translate um, at work behind that. Yeah. But yeah. I thought that would be interesting, just to uh, quote the game Equilibrium on Steam. Yeah, why not? No, in no way related why to not? this film. Um, I did see uh, an interesting fact about the guns. So the pistols used by the Grammaton clerics are Ber Beretta 92Fs, uh, converted to fully automatic firing. Uh, so they made a bunch of mo modifications to it. They gave the guns longer barrels, modified the slides, uh, the shells came out on top, um, they put a compensator on the barrel as well. And the, the muzzle flash, <laughs> the muzzle flash formed the tet tetragrammaton cross symbol when they fired what? yeah but that was added obviously did anyone capture that, that did anyone realize no but that was that's an effect obviously added post-production yeah some of that cracking cg that they utilized oh the yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah i thought that was interesting oh my god all right yeah yeah that's equilibrium uh, time to roll i think We've, I think it's been five weeks since we had a, a booth pick. Been a while. Who knows? So, <laughs> fing I'm fingers are crossed for you, Sophie. My fingers are My crossed. My toes are crossed for you, Sophie. Of course they are. They always are. Oh, oh. put those grippers away! <laughs> <laughs> right. So, just a reminder of what our lists are. Have, wait, have we, have we made any changes? No. Late? Nope. No? No, no, no. Uh, I have replaced um, <laughs> I have replaced Equilibrium with the mystery film Murder Ahoy, a 1964 movie starring Margaret Rutherford as, M Rutherford as Miss Marple. Hey. 
It is. Uh, it's a funny, charming little film, and I wanted something different on the list, so it wasn't just like action movie kind of stuff. Um, Sounds because good, Simon. My list has got. It's in the mouth of madness. Heather's Johnny Mnemonic. Murder Ahoy, Krull, and Doom. So mm. I wanted something different to stand out uh, in that list. Yeah. Um, so we've got an old black and white, charming murder mystery film. Cool. G's list is Ocean's Eleven, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Sea of Love, Alien, Shutter Island, and Coraline. Sophie has a Labyrinth, The Hidden, Rothos, <laughs> Blowout, Beverly Hills Cop 3, and Cemetery Man. Oh. All right, let's see what we got. What number on each of our lists to narrow it down to three films? We got a five, which means it's Krull, Shutter Island, or Beverly Hills Cop 3. <laughs> oh my good God. Okay. So a one or a two will be me, a three or a four will be G, a five or a six will be Sophie. Let's just roll. Let's just roll. Let's get it out. It's a six. It's a six. It's Sophie. We're watching Beverly Hills Cop 3. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you've watched the other two. It doesn't matter if you haven't. It doesn't matter. It It really doesn't matter. matter. I watched the first one again the other day. Ding, ding. No, that's the crazy frog. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched the first oh one again the other day, the first Beverly Hills Cop. And it's just one of those really comforting films that you put on and it's just like, yeah, nothing's nothing oh, really matters. I think I've seen all of them. Does the third one still have Eddie Murphy in it? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Didn't It'd be he, very weird. If didn't it he get really, really mad at the guy that in the... He was in... The first one, I think he was in either the second or the third, because he was the guy with the little, would you like an espresso, Achmel Foley, I'm making myself a little lemon twist, you should try it. I got really (laughs) mad at that guy because um, he was like hamming it up for the camera and Eddie Murphy was like, it should be about me. This is all about me. Oh my God. And he got really pissed off at that actor. Wow. funny. Have you seen the photo of Eddie Murphy eating a steak off of a naked woman? Yeah, you no, s- I'm pretty sure I'm... you sent that to me. I'm going to yeah. look that up. It's not it's not even him in it. It's oh. What? It's it's supposed to, it's, a, it's it's a fake. You're supposed <gasps> to think it's Eddie Murphy doing it, but it's no, I feel So everything you know is a lie. No. Um, Wait, what's so it's been photoshopped or what is it? Like, how would you eat a... St- like, cutting through a steak on top of someone's body well, then it's... is insane. Because that knife will go through the flesh Eddie of a Murphy body. Eddie Murphy steak. Eddie Murphy eating a steak and fries off the back of a model in 1985. I think... I mean, it's either a, a photo opportunity, just a picture. Like, he's not genuinely eating that. Or it's not... And like that, someone's that steak is pre-sliced, right? Right, <laughs> bro. There's so many. Like, if you go onto Google Image, a lot of the images are like blurred out for some reason. That's Why? just your safe search on Google. Oh, because there's an ass in the picture. There's a little bum <laughs> cheek. I see a little bit of cheek. A little Cheeky bum, little bum, bum cheek. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. So it's not him. 
Is it just a, a, a rat? Miss Bar says it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. fake. But I mean, we can believe that it's real. There's no evidence to say that it isn't real. No. Um. So we can just believe it if we want. Yeah. I mean, I think he. I'm. I'm gonna have to ask him. We're gonna have to find him and ask him. Boof is yeah. on friendly terms with Eddie Murphy. Of course I am. Because I said I really loved you in that film where you were a donkey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh so my god. Basically, um yeah, the indie it was film. initially the photograph was initially published by a French website, Simon Says, in two thousand seven. The website Simon. by Simon by Francois Simon uh, concentrates on food, restaurants, hotels and travelling. None of the related articles, including the one in Le Figaro, mentions Eddie Murphy. Conclusion he is not Eddie Murphy. It's just a guy. It's just a guy that looks like Eddie Murphy. He, he's got oh a moustache and he that that's that's probably it. Does he even have a mo- I can't tell. <laughs> I think he does. Yeah, he does. Okay. Let's sign off. Let's say goodbye to everyone. Hang on. Does this, to stay I, found with it. Oh, I found a song on Bandcamp called Eddie Murphy Eating a Steak of a Model's Back in the 80s. <laughs> okay. Well, we can't play that anyway. But it's there for people to listen to yeah. if they want to search it. Oh, that sounds so I can't even imagine stupid. what that song would even be. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of math rock. Oh god. Okay. All right. Um, it's not good. Yeah. Yomp. I... You've been listening to I <laughs> Is that it? That was your sign off. Yeah. Can we say can we All right, I want us all to do a very polite sign off. Okay. Thank you everyone so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode made just for you. That's right, you listening to it right now. This is Simon. Uh, Thank you. Goodbye. Fuck you, you're a loser. Listener. Wow. Hey, no, no. Some people might be addressed to me. (laughs) Some people like (laughs) that. Some people really like being called worthless little worms. Yeah, yeah, gee, call call the listener a worm. You're worthless little worms. Pathetic. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna put your stinky feet all over them. You're disgusting. (laughs) Bye everyone! Thanks for listening! Those creepers away! (laughs) Wow. What another episode of Yomp that was. Thank you so much as ever to our patrons who keep us going. Not just monetarily, but you guys wanting to listen to this is a really nice incentive to keep doing this. Also, we we just enjoy doing it. So thank you so much to people who want to give us money or follow us on that. Thank you especially big to our Giga Yompers on the big tier. Native Blood, Lawrence, Sleepy Deej, Scott, I'm a Robot, Luck and Enki. You guys uh, give us the biggest tier and for that we thank you. There are other tiers available. Um, We post notes, we post polls, we post pictures, we post anything that sort of seems to happen sort of just comes up anyway i'm going to keep this going for as long as possible this is going to be like the longest patron shout out you're ever going to hear i've been knitting knitting some stuff i've got a little milky way bar here been knitting a balaclava it's really good little drink anyway uh see you soon bye